0: The Fed is on a knife edge and British Columbia approves a mine. You're listening to Kick a Roundtable. I'm your host, Michael McRae. Road warrior Paul Harris is going to tell us his impressions of mining's two biggest shows. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Michael. Good morning. (laughs) And with us is Gilbert Clark. He is executive chairman of Meridian Mining. Uh, Gilbert, you had quite a week. You had a PA. Catch us up first, though. What is Meridian?
1: Oh, thank you. Um, Meridian Mining is now a... a copper gold developer in Brazil, Grosso Brazil. We're launching this week our PEA and we're looking forward to the future of
0: bringing uh, what well, I think is going to be the next polymetallic belt in Brazil. What were the highlights of the uh, preliminary e- economic assessment, Gilbert?
1: Uh, the highlights were we delivered such strong economics that I don't think we've been seen to the market for many, many you know, years, decades. We had a, a base case scenario after tax US dollars of some 573 million MPV. Um, we had an IRR 58.4% and a payback in 10.6 months based on quite a large mine, 2.2.5 million tons per annum. Most importantly, I think we're going to talk about this afterwards, the all-in-sustaining cost of the first five years is just some six hundred and seventy-one US dollars per ounce. So it's really um, showing some economics. <laughs> I don't think many people really understand how good this project was. And now that we've been able to wrap the economics around it, they can actually see where we're going with it.
0: And congratulations on the timing of introducing that at the start of PDAC. Let's turn to macro. Uh, the week ended with the jobs report, uh, US non-farm payrolls rose by 311,000 in February, which is above market consensus estimate of 205,000. The markets have been dreading a 50 basis point hike by the Federal Reserve. Strong job numbers from this jobs report would have cemented that. However, Last month's robust January number was revised down and US unemployment rate climbed from 3.4% to 3.6%. That was enough to give economists hope that the Fed may pull back on a bigger interest rate hike. The upshot is, is that it looks like a 25 basis point or a 50 basis point hike will come down to February CPI report due next Tuesday. After a week of sliding, commodities finished the week up. Gold was at the 1860 range. WTI crude was in the mid 70s. COMEX copper futures traded at just above $4. I wanna bring back our guests and Paula specifically wanna bring back you. So uh, last time we did this, we did it with Adriatic Metals, uh, Paul Cronin, we did it at uh, the floor of uh, the BMO show. Uh, your impression when we were there is, is that yes, precious metal prices have come off the boil. They have been sliding since the start of the year, but uh, people were telling you that, uh, you know, mid-1800s are still pretty good gold prices. Uh, were you getting more of the same news at PDAC, Paul?
2: Yeah, pretty much the same, Michael, You know the same sort of outlook, but uh, you know what, I think you, there's a, obviously a big difference between the so producers, the gold producers, and the gold explorers and developers. Uh, producers, they've got uh, pretty good margins at the moment despite cost inflation, so most of them are making money. Uh, continuing to pay down debt, strengthening balance sheets, for dividends, shareholder returns, etc. I think the, the outlook for the sort of gold juniors and developers, the explorers and developers, is perhaps not quite so rosy. Um, a lot of people think that this year is going to be a tough year to raise equity uh, for the gold juniors, um, in part because This year has taken off like a rocket with the lithium explorers and to a lesser degree with copper explorers. There seems to be a lot of money going into lithium exploration companies, a lot of money going into copper exploration companies. And so with uh, a limited pool of capital available, that naturally means there's perhaps going to be less available for the gold juniors.
0: I want to set up that discussion. We're going to talk a little bit about more later in the um, podcast, uh, talking about uh, the uh, comparison between uh, the critical metals and uh, gold price. But uh, Gilbert, first, just stepping back, uh, you were at uh, PDAC. What's the mood?
1: Look, I thought PDAC this year is one of the best ones I've been to in maybe maybe 10 years. It was dynamic. It was well-participated. Um, there was an obvious, obvious on the floor buzz around the, the battery metals. Um, I would say that some of the fund managers and others that I spoke to uh, were sort of kind of debating whether they, you know, has lithium reached or the battery metals reached their peak, should they redistribute their profits into sort of into hard assets, um, base metal commodity, precious metal commodities. Uh, in general, I thought overall it was incredibly positive, Um uh, Paul, we 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 met there. We had a bit of a discussion. Uh, I don't think I've seen it that well participate in such a long time, despite the weather. effectively, the weather. Sunday was a ten percent. Ten percent of the people were there on Sunday, but the rest of the day was it was amazing how much people, how many people participated, and the just the general consensus of things were actually poised for the long term to be much, much, much more fundamentally strong.
2: And I think one, you know, a lot of people had trouble arriving uh, at PDAC because of snowstorms late on Friday, early on mm-hmm. Saturday. So everybody, you know, myself included, were delayed, flights cancelled, et cetera. So a lot of people were bemoaning the fact that PDAC is in March and wishing that uh, PDAC could continue to do it in summer like it did last year. But I don't think there's any chance of that because uh, 28,000 people there. Um, I think the city of Ontario is very happy to have 28,000 people coming in and filling the hotels, bars and restaurants in March when, you know, there isn't anything else that could do that. So I think PDAC is going to be a fixture for March going forward.
0: Next up, mining news, but first our sponsor, uh, Snowline Gold, ticker SGD on the Canadian Securities Exchange and SNWGF on the CQB, is a Yukon-based explorer with one of the territory's largest mineral portfolios amassed privately over three decades by prospectors Ron and Scott Berdahl. Snowline is going big. They're focused on the district-scale greenfield gold discoveries, and they're well on their way to finding world-class gold deposits. The team has made two significant gold discoveries in their first year, including the Valley Zone on the Rogue Project, a near-surface high-grade bulk pile gold system with drill intercepts of up to 319 meters at 2.5 grams per ton gold from surface. With eight projects in the Yukon and over 30 priority exploration projects, Snowline is just getting started. The company is backed by some of the best, including Keith Newmeyer, Eric Sprott, and Crescat Capital. Snowline Gold is a unique opportunity for investors to be part of multiple discoveries in a world's desirable mining jurisdiction. Learn more at snowlinegold.com, ticker SGD on the Canadian Securities Exchange, and we thank Snowline Gold for its support. Let's turn to mining news. Artemis Gold announced Thursday it has received a permit from the B.C. government for its Blackwater gold mine project, Central B.C. Initial gold pour is expected in the latter half of 2024. Artemis says that the project house 10 million plus ounces of gold in resources and the mine has the potential to become one of the largest in Canada with costs in the lower quartile. Piedmont Lithium made a month's worth of news in one week. Its commercial partner, Siona Mining, announced it has successfully produced the first spodumene lithium concentrate at its flagship North American lithium operation in Quebec. Piedmont will get 50% of Siona's production. Also this week, a short seller. Blue Orca claimed that Piedmont's other commercial arrangement, that one with Atlantic Lithium and Ghana, is on shaky ground. Uh, that one due to uh, looking at uh, mining licenses that uh, Blue Orca is saying that were obtained unlawfully. Uh, Piedmont shares waffled on the short seller's report. Piedmont disputes the charges and said it is going to be seeking legal advice. Paul, what uh, caught your interest in the world of mining?
2: Well, it seemed the authorities in Canada have been in a very giving mood this week as uh, FPX Nickel received funding from the government of Canada to accelerate demonstration of the technical and commercial viability to produce nickel sulfate and cobalt hydroxide. For the electric vehicle battery supply chain from its Baptiste nickel project in British Columbia. The junior was awarded 725,000 Canadian by Natural Resources Canada under the government's Critical Metals Research, Development, and Demonstration Program. This will fund bench test and pilot scale test work to validate Baptiste's conventional hydrometallurgical flow sheet, which is expected to more environmentally to be to produce more environmentally sustainable nickel than traditional production methods.
0: I saw that headline up I saw that head sorry to interrupt. I saw that headline that came up, Paul, and congratulations to uh Martin Durin, congratulations to what they're doing in FPX, but it just kind of seems that the numbers are uh, of a scale quite a lot different than you see the awards that are happening down in the US where you're seeing hundreds of millions that are awarded. Either it's going to uh Chevois Global, it's going down to Piedmont with what they're doing there or Linus when they're doing as well. So, but um, anyway, it's, you know, any help is appreciated, but uh, the help uh, that Canada can provide certainly has uh, less of a bucket of money than uh, the U.S. does.
2: Well, maybe it'll put its hand deeper into its pocket as and when FPX gets to the uh, construction stage. I mean, that'll be yeah, perhaps yeah. the key thing to see what whether the intent is or how real the intent is or not. Good news in the copper space as First Quantum Minerals agreed and finalized a draft concession contract with the government of Panama for its Cobre Panama mine, which meets the the financial objectives outlined by the government in January 2022, um, environmental protections and labor standards. The contract will have an initial 20-year term with a 20-year extension option and additional extensions for the life of mine. That draft contract will now go into a 30-day public hearing process, and then for final ratification by the Congress of Panama. And uh, we've already mentioned this, uh, a company called Meridian saw its share price jump 22% after it published a preliminary economic assessment. Let's talk a little bit more about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Paul. What is your questions for uh, Gilbert?
2: Well, no, I mean, you know, some great numbers, and Gilbert's already sort of highlighted some of them, uh, really good economics. although you know, the caveat is it's still a preliminary economic assessment, so a long way to go to getting sort of final numbers. Um, I guess one thing that sort of really surprised a lot of people, or perhaps not surprised, but one thing that really stood out is the sort of very low um, um, production cost numbers, particularly given that we're in an inflationary environment. Can you sort of talk... Tell us a little bit more about those and why they came in so low. Oh, yeah, it, it's
1: really a combination of two things. One is the geometry of the deposit. Okay, we have mineralization that starts at surface, so we're straight into uh, when we start mining, we start mining mineralization, like copper gold mineralization. Um, we're using open pit. We know that Brazil is demonstrated to be a low cost operating country, that's that's quite clear. Um, secondly. The uh, I think a lot of the companies found this out. The hard way last year is energy costs. Uh, we saw last year when energy costs started to go up, a lot of the major gold companies or copper companies had to restate their financials down because their operating costs just got swallowed up by, the operating margin got swallowed up by power. We've got incredibly cheap hydroelectric power in Brazil. We used uh, base cake government contracts of $0.07 cents a kilowatt, but we know that. In uh, US sense. so But we do know that in the open market, we can bring that down to, say, four and a half cents a kilowatt. That's a major contributor to lower OPEX. But also, something that we talked about many times, uh, yourself and I, Paul, in the past, has been the, the metallurgy of Cabasal. When you've got incredibly soft ore, very simple processes um, to extract the gold and the copper from the ore, that's very quick. That all adds up to low, low operating costs. We don't have to spend a lot of energy to crush the rock. We don't have to spend a lot of energy to separate the rock, the payable metals. And when you put these all together, you, you come to production. And, and very much what we've been communicating to our investors now for some two years is we saw this as being a very strong candidate to be a production asset. And our PEA based on very conservative numbers, not speculative numbers, but conservative five-year banking consensus, We we distributed or we generated um, using a Senco out of Brazil and they've had, I think, three mine builds in the last two years, real-time economics through a future production asset. I think that's what took the market by storm And, and as per one of my shareholders, we were the buzz of PDC this year with those very numbers.
2: And um, I want to add to those numbers, if I may, because you, you, the numbers you gave were the base case, but um, you also put out the numbers at uh, current spot prices, which uh, jumps to an MPV of 745 million and an IRR at 69.7%. So there, um, mm-hmm. your, your next mi- milestone is going to be a resource update, I understand.
1: Yes, I, I, I might just note that those spot cases have been eclipsed today and um, or gold copper's down a couple of pennies to the spot, but we're actually uh, gold is trading above what we set as spot. So that spot MPV and IR has actually increased now. Yeah, we um, on we entirely need to do a resource upgrade this year. Since August last year, all of those press releases that we've put into the market, you know, very strong numbers either being outside of the resource area or in areas converting Converting inferred to indicated or infill programs. Um, I think I'm very confident that this deposit has got a lot more to generate in respect to contained metals and increasing tonnages. Um, and I, this is what we will be delivering. Um, I certainly hope to be launching the next phase of the project, which will be going towards feasibility studies in this year, the latter half of this year. Um, that is a longer, more detailed project. But the work that we did in the PEA. It was very much came out of an internal scoping study we did last year. And we, the costing that we used in the PA, to, this PA, were actually sort of at the peak of the inflation curve. So as the inflation comes off, I think we should see a, 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 a correction in some of the capex items. So I can see nothing, correspond nothing but upside in respect to Meridian's capital sale project.
0: Uh, Gilbert, uh, you work in uh, Brazil. Um, It seems that uh, the country has uh, turned the page because uh, there's been kind of a lot of good news uh, that has come out of uh, Brazil recently. And uh, I think uh, Sigma lithium, for example, that's going to be that is uh, close to uh, production. But um, I mean, Brazil really had a tough experience uh, with the mining uh, resource sector uh, just in the past decade uh, with those uh, tailing dam uh, failures. Uh, Why the change Mm -hmm. right now in the country?
1: Oh, I think we've had a a good balance now of consensus government. So our president, Lula, is pro-mining, but he's basically said, I'm pro-mining, I want it to go ahead. But if you're in the Amazon jungle and you want to go in there and clear the forest, he's not going to permit that. And that is a concern, and that is a righteous concern to preserve the environment. The legislature is pro-mining. So we've got both a pro-mining president in established mining regions and a pro-mining legislature, so that really generates it. Um, in the past, I'd have to say that a lot of some of the problems that have come out of Brazil were self-inflicted by um, um, expat, expat com- companies. Um, we, very, we very much focus on having a wholly Brazilian management team, and I think that smooths out a lot of the processes. For example, the tailing stamp disasters of the last two years. With Meridian, we did an EIA, we did social acceptance, so we went straight to dry stack tailings. Take away that local community concern, take away that operating concern from the mining authorities. Uh, and this was the counsel from our, our Brazilian colleagues. So really, if you try and export another country's um, mining forts to Brazil, it's not going to work. You, 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 ta- you go into Brazil, you adopt their policies. And they're quite stringent policies, um, and you can invest your shareholders' money and give them a return in a time frame that I can only only correspond to say Western Australia and the ability to build mines in such a short period.
0: Uh, let's uh, turn uh, to uh, the gold developers and the gold junior uh, market Uh, as we were talking about uh, previously uh, Paul that you mentioned that uh, it could be tough sledding for them uh, just in terms of what's uh, happened with financing it should be interesting for the producers especially for the senior producers because uh, not only we're seeing these sustained high gold prices but um, energy prices uh, seem to be uh, keeping on to the lower end of uh, what they should have been as well Still, the GDX has been uh, down. I look when I last look, it was ten uh, percent year to date, thirty percent for the year. Gilbert, uh, what do you think is going to be the turnaround for uh, the gold sector?
1: Uh, for me, it, it's. There's, I think there's two two interesting discussions on the gold sector. One is the the great interest by the central banks. I guess the, the non-Western central banks that are looking at the. What's been termed the weaponization of the US dollar. So they're seeking safe haven currency. So there's a a genuine central movement towards the currency of gold. Um, On the other side, it's the what we discussed just previously: the, the great impact that. Um, energy costs due to the operating margins of gold companies. Uh, like, I can't stress that enough. It, it extends to all mining companies, particularly gold. If you have to circulate your tanks for 36, 48 hours to get recoveries and you're consuming power of 25 or 30 cents kilowatt, I mean, you, it's tough, it's difficult. And a lot of the gold mines today are in areas that are not well serviced by um, uh, baseline infrastructure. they run off. LNG or they're out of diesel. And at the moment, these are expensive. So that these are the two things that I think we drive us in investing in in gold, um, the interest of the central banks and the, the location and the energy structure of gold operating companies.
0: Uh, Gilbert, uh, do you see that um, uh, the critical metal sector uh, might be sucking up some of the momentum, sucking up some of the financing for going into the junior space?
1: Um, that was a good question. Um, I saw some discussion on, you know, we saw lithiums come off 35, 40% out of out of um, out of China. Um, there was a very good uh, discussion I listened to recently with, with William from the Commodity Discovery Fund, which was the boom was largely driven by short-term refined supply. Um, so the question is, um, there is generating and quite a sustainable interest in these critical metals. Um, when I look at the, the availability of, say, low-cost copper, um, the pipeline is very thin. So there is, that, there is great tremendous upside and I think a correction in the copper price coming in, in, in over the years to come. So I think we'll see some harvesting of profits, you know, these, these um, critical metals, um, and then we're going to see people deploying money into hard, into hard assets, base metal, precious metal assets. But I think that all around the mining industry has been starved of capital for some time, and we are going towards a very interesting place in respect
0: of future financings. Let's turn to our number of the week. Guest goes first. Uh, Gilbert, what's your number?
2: Well, this is a bit
1: of a bizarre one, but it's actually critical to the mining industry. I'm going with number three. Um, this week at the uh, National People's Congress, uh, Xi Jinping will be elected for his third term, and that's unprecedented. And I think that's going to be as China is the world's major consumer of commodities. Um, the stability, economic stability, and economic growth that will be guided with this with his third term is going to
0: be unprecedented. Paul, what's your number?
2: Well, I'm going to stick with the PDAC theme, and my number is twenty-eight thousand. That's the Official number of attendees at this year's PDAC in Toronto.
0: And think uh, think how many more uh, hundreds or thousands it could have added without a snowstorm. So um, my number is uh, 33 to 1. Once again, that's 33 to 1. Uh, the one mining film or a slightly mining tangent film, Avatar, the hip water, is a 33 to 1 chance to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. The film has already made $2 billion at the box office. I believe the Oscars is going to be shown this Sunday. Gilbert, milestones over the next 12 months at Meridian.
1: Uh, the next 12 months, upgrade of the resource statement and release of the feasibility study. And just to, that's well, the fundamental milestone is the creation of wealth for our shareholders.
0: Follow me at uh, Michael McRae. That's McRae with two Cs. Paul is at Paul Harris Gold. Gilbert, how would you like people to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, please just go to our website, go to info at meridianmining.co. It comes straight to me and I always
0: reply to any investor or stakeholder. If you like what you hear, tell a friend, don't forget to subscribe. Have a pleasant weekend.